0: Hey, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday show. Patrick Allen here, as always, with our old pal, Sports Illustrated's Matt Verderam. Verderam, how are things on the other side? Good. They're still paying me. That's good. That's, I, I, it's I, good. You made it. You made. Yeah. It. How long you been over there now? A month and a half. A month and a half. Okay, so you made it through a month without getting canned. So this yes. is a win.
1: Yes. I've made it through a month and a half. They haven't figured out that I'm a fraud yet. So um <laughs> things are things are good. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I, I've gotten to write some good stuff, like some some in depth stuff. I've gotten to write some really ridiculous stuff like my mock draft today. So we've had uh we've run the full gamut. It's been fun. It's been fun. I got some good stuff coming out next week or so. So it'll be it's been good. It's been uh it's been a lot of fun. I can't complain.
0: That's great. And I'm I'm excited to talk about your mock draft. I've I've got it in the outline uh for a little bit later on here. Uh ready to dive into that really just completely preposterous yeah. um mock draft which I'm sure you had a lot of fun doing the math on. Uh but I had to ask you about the bit, just to, just right off the top, massive news, Chiefs sign a new franchise quarterback since the last time we've talked. It's Blaine Gabbert. Thoughts on that earth-shattering move that they made?
1: Yeah, if he's got to play real time, they're screwed. But that's probably true of any <laughs> single person they could have signed behind Mahomes. Like I, yeah, I know the old man. He's he's very annoyed that they signed Wayne Gabbard. It feels like Gabbard is is no good now. My feeling on this is I I can't really get that wrapped up in it. Like Gabbard's a terrible starting quarterback, but at least he was a starting quarterback, so he has experience. Um, I know a lot of people have been like, "What about Steve Bouchelle?" Like I or Shane Bouchelle, excuse me. What about Shane Bouchelle? I have nothing against the man. But I also understand why the Chiefs are looking at Chain Bouchelle going, uh, maybe some competition because he's never yeah. seen a real NFL game before. So I'm fine with it. Like, you know what? Henny retired. Henny thing is no longer possible. I understand them saying, let's get another vet in here. And Gabbard fills that bill. So I yeah. I think it's fine. I don't think it's a like an oh my God, this is amazing signing. But I don't think it's a bad signing either.
0: Well, it seems like the Chiefs have a type, right? Like they 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 don't mind having a young guy that they're trying to develop. And obviously right. they've they've made it clear that they think Bouchell has something, but they like an old milk toast, unexciting backup veteran quarterback. And look, in their two Super Bowl runs, they knew those guys paid off for them. Right? nobody was excited about Matt Moore, and with all due respect, Chad Henney coming into the game, but they did what they needed to do, and maybe that's what the Chiefs are looking for. They know that if a guy gets, if like Mahomes gets really hurt, it's over anyway. Uh, Screwed anyway, yeah. Um, but but do you think Blaine Gabbert has what it takes to come in and do what say Chad Henney or Matt Moore have had to do in recent years and like help them win a game or help them on a couple series? I mean, probably.
1: You know, I mean, I like, I don't want to denigrate Chad Henney, but it wasn't like Chad Henney before he came to Kansas City had some unbelievable career. You know, I mean, I, I think yeah. like he was he was fine. Gabbert's been in the league now for twelve years he's thrown 51 touchdowns and 47 picks and he's been a guy 56.4 completion rate. But if you look at like the 51 to 47 portion of it, okay, Chad Henney, if you go back and look at his career, which is now in the books, he threw 60 touchdowns and 63 picks. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, (laughs) he's kind of the same guy. I, I don't think there's a big difference. Um, but I, Look, I think for the Chiefs, I don't blame them for wanting a guy who's got experience. And Gabbard's been in the league a long time. And if he had to come in there and win them a game, could he do it? Probably. Now, could he win them two months' worth of games? No. That that. But yeah. you don't expect the backup to have to do it. If he has to do that, you're probably screwed anyway. So I think it's fine. I think it's fine.
0: And, and if you have a good coach, and obviously the Chiefs do, who works really well with quarterbacks, Andy's not going to be calling plays for these guys when they come. Like when he brought Matt right. Moore in there. It was, it was all about Matt Moore. And how can Matt Moore succeed and how the team succeed around him? So I, I guess I'm fine with it. He he strikes the same chord as he's not he's not somebody who's going to be trying to prove himself, who's going to be trying to take risks that maybe a younger guy, if you had to bring it in a spot, might be like, This is my shot. I put something on tape. I'm going to end up on another team. I'm going to be a starter. Like Blaine Gabbert knows he's Blaine Gabbert at this point. Chad Henney knew he was Chad Henney. And so it's like, come in and take your job is to take care of the football and just help us move the offense. And if you do that, you keep getting paid a couple million bucks every year.
1: Yeah, I mean, Blaine Gabbert at this point is looking to wear a visor, stand on the sideline with a headset on, and occasionally interject in a quarterback room. I mean, in a meeting in a quarterback room. Like, that's it. That's what he's there for. And that's why I think sometimes it's hard – you know, like for example, right now, and he got signed by Tampa, but Baker Mayfield. So a guy like him, he still wants to be a starter. Like, let's say he was still out there. If you're the Chiefs, I don't know that you want Baker Mayfield as your backup quarterback. Like nope. he wants to start at some point. Yeah. So that that's a weird dynamic. I think Gabbert makes a lot of sense in the same way, although I actually would have liked this movie even more, frankly, if they brought on like Teddy Bridgewater. Like a guy Mm -hmm. who, you know, I I think is fine in the role that he's in. You know, Jacoby Brissett type. Now, Jacoby Brissett's in Washington. But the point is, a guy who's comfortable standing on the sideline, being a backup, and if he's got to go in, he's professional enough to be prepared to do it. What you don't want to have is a guy who's either not prepared or a guy who's really, really, really looking to be the starter. Because then you're sitting there, And it becomes a situation where that guy's like, hey, man, I don't want to just sit here and hold a clipboard. I want to get out there. And that can create a weird dynamic because obviously if you're a backup quarterback in Kansas City, you're not winning the job. So (laughs) you need need to be able to accept the fact that you're going to have to practice and prepare but not play. That's a hard thing. That takes a specific mindset, and Gabbert's been a guy who – Hey, look! He just backed up Brady for a while. Like, I and he knows his role. That val—that's very valuable in that spot.
0: Speaking of backup quarterbacks, have you heard? Hold on. Have you heard about on the Chiefs app these mystery boxes? Have you seen this that they they put out? So, uh, the Chiefs app has like a bids section, and though you can buy memorabilia, signed jerseys, signed helmets. And you can sometimes they'll release these buy it now mystery boxes where you're going to get a signed jersey, but you don't know who it's going to be. It's a hundred bucks. So I did this, seemed really fun. Okay. So listen, the one <laughs> That's that I like signed. Like you know, the
1: biggest scam of all day. Hey, Mike Cloud, it's, <laughs> it's, guy. Right, right.
0: It's, it's, you, you see people, I see, I'm in a few Facebook groups and I see people posting them all the time. Oh, they got like Willie Rofe, you know, okay. like some really, what, like, oh, like ones that you would jet. want. Okay. Now, and, and then you'll get. They have real time players like you might get Snead or you might get Pacheco or you might get you know um, Juan Thornhill. They've got all these for ninety nine bucks. I'm like, eh, I, you know, I'll take a flyer on one of these. And the one that I did was a Chiefs Legends, right? So they had the like they had the list. I glanced at it of who you could get. You know, hey, you could get Willie Rowe or Dante Hall, maybe Trent Green, and then you know there was like a limited number of like Derek Thomas. Like you could really like get something really great. So I'm excited. I signed first time I've ever done this, I sign up for it. Do you know who I got? This came today. Chad Henney. You. Hilarious. Chad Henney. <laughs> I don't know why Chad Henny. I, I knew I remember seeing that Chad Henney was on that list, but I was like, You fucking kidding me? Why is he on the Chiefs legends list? That's right. He just paid 100 dollars for anything being possible. A Chad um, Henney jersey. I got Chad Henney.
1: Awesome. I'm Good devastated. Good for you. That, I mean, that that hurts. That, yes. Not exactly Bobby Bell there. No. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, though. Like, I don't know. Like Would you rather have – I'm trying to think of a guy who was actually a really good player for them, but maybe from like a nondescript period of their of like their, their history. Okay. Lloyd Burris was a really good safety for the Chiefs in the 80s. Would you rather have Lloyd Burris, who was a far better player than Chad Henney, but like was not <laughs> part of any big moment for the Chiefs ever – or would you rather have Chad Henney, who was nondescript, shall we say, as a quarterback, but had two legitimate moments with them, including one that helped them win a Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, I I would say Chad Henney. Yeah, I probably situation. would too. Because right? like, I, mean, I got to see it. You know what I mean? Like I I watched him do it. He he helped them win a Super Bowl. So it's not like it's not like it's a Brody Croyle jersey like or 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 a legend that he, that in a different can, way <laughs> right right yeah. or that he never played for them he we, got in in high leverage situations yes, and helped he them all right let's you know? let's
1: play this out for a second would you rather have chad Henney autographed jersey or Orlando brown
0: autographed jersey Orlando Brown.
1: Okay. So so I so would I. But I feel like you yeah. would have a pocket of cheese fans who would change Chat any. Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, uh, when you went to Cincinnati. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to hang it up right now. I'll tell you that.
1: Would you, so I'm trying to would you rather have I'm trying to think of another guy who just was on the team who's no longer like uh I mean I think you'd rather have Thornhill, right? Like you'd rather have Thornhill than, than Henny. I mean he was a starter, he won two Super Bowls for him. Um Yeah. But like, I don't know. I mean would like if like like let's say like now Wharton is still there, okay? But like let's say like Wharton or like Alex Okafor, you rather have one of them or Henny? I like, could probably rather have Henny.
0: Probably Henny. Yeah. That I, being I agree. said,
1: you got you got robbed <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, did. I did. If this was like if this was like my third one, you know, like I like this is the first signed jersey I've ever bought. So like. If I if I had like you know Trent Green or you know even Juan Thornhill and then you get a Henny it's like all right well I'm gonna decorate the gym with these you yep. know what I mean I'm gonna frame them up cool yeah, Chad Henny is an interesting one but when it's like the first one and it's in the Legends mystery box it's like I don't know man do you have the list in front of you have to send me the list of who these Legends are. I, yeah I have to I have to pull it up um I don't I have, I have it. to I, know because
1: I, I need to know is like like where does he rank among this list because like right if if like if Derek Blaylock's also in the Legends list, and you deserve what you got, <laughs> right. I, mean, I mean, he right. was no, like the middle because, road here. You,
0: you know what I thought I was going to get? I saw so many people open up a Willie Rove. and I was like, I love Willie Rove. Oh, he's
1: a great. Play. He follows he me on
0: Twitter. Legend. He's a legend. He's, you know what I mean? Like, but like I've, I've seen some people in the Facebook group that I'm on trying to give that one away. Like they're not excited about it. I guess because it's it's a left. Even even when I've seen his his jerseys get auctioned off. Sometimes you can get them for like 70 bucks Dude, people, and like
1: people don't, I don't get it like actual history and like how great some of these guys were. I mean, I, as you know, I love, I love the whole NFL's history. I got probably about two years ago. I have, so on my, in my basement and uh, the room outside of my office, I have a wall that there's five jerseys straight across for all autographed. And one of them is Joe green, me and Joe green from the Steelers. I got the. It's like a. It's a legitimate jersey, like stitched up the whole. I got the thing autographed, yep. like ninety dollars. Guys, maybe the greatest defensive tackle of all time. Right. It's like, well, he's not a right. quarterback, okay? Huh? That's fine. I mean, I have Marino my Montana on the wall too. I have Travis Kelsey, one of them. But I, it's just funny, like, yeah. yeah, some of these, it's, it's like people don't get. Willie Rolfe is phenomenal. If you got him, he should be thrilled to
0: death. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe I can find one of these clowns on the Facebook group to trade. Cause I do people, people are like, Amy but they get somebody had Dante Hall and they wanted to trade. Oh, okay. I mean, if, you if they got, want Chad, got Chad I, ben Neiman. I, Oh God, I don't know if they've got Ben Neiman on there. Um, uh, listen, before we uh, talk some more cheese here, I, I do have some quick breaking news. I got to get to Virta uh, uh, This is a big one. Um, And we got to get to it right away. Our sponsors, KC Beer Co. once said that they would never release an IPA, but they just brewed one so good they broke their own rules. It's called Never Say IPA, and it's the newest beer and the first IPA to hit the KC Beer lineup. This beer is a celebration of German and American brewing traditions using both German and American hops, as well as German malt and yeast. The beer is so refreshing and aromatic. You got to try it. If you're going to be in Kansas City for the draft, head over there get some. It's just another great beer from this award-winning brewery with such a terrific lineup of brews. Doesn't matter what kind of beer you're into, they've got a style for you. So look for the red Casey Bierco cartons in your local store and support the Arrowhead Attic podcast by supporting Casey Bierco. Do us a favor, give them a shout out on Twitter at Casey Bierco. Let them know you heard about their beer on our podcast and keep us in business by daring to beer different. Don't be a clown. Drink responsibly. Twenty-one and over. Yeah, man, I, I I don't know. Have you you did you leave before we got the never say IPA program or did you snag some? I, I think I was I think I was gone. That's a bummer. You have to get some when you go out to Kansas City for the draft. I think I'll it be is,
1: so that'll it is happen.
0: so good. It is so good. And special news: they just announced on Twitter, Casey Bierko, they stashed some Arrow Red Lager, our beer, the Arrowhead Attic beer, in the cellar wherever they keep the kegs, um, and they're going to tap it. For draft weekend. So I'm gonna be I'm I'm taking at least half of that keg out myself when I get over there.
1: I uh I actually reached out to them privately because I was like, Listen, I'm gonna be out in Kansas City, like are you guys gonna be open for the draft? And I was told like still working on figuring out the exact hours and I don't want to spill too much of their tea, but they were like, We're gonna have the arrow red lager uh on draft. And yeah, so I was like, that's that's amazing. Uh I actually still have four of them in my fridge because my dad has been telling me nonsense. Like, I need to have a couple of them. And I, I figured they would be out of stock at that point. So I'm like, girl, I'll save you some. So I did. Now, now I find out it's on taps. So That's great. So um, I can't wait to get out there. And uh, even though I'm no longer part of the pod, uh, I am looking forward to having some of the beer that I I not only helped create, I also helped cause a mess that we had to yep. I had to sweep up shamefully. That's, right. Um, That's spilled, right. Spilled a little bit of hops there. But uh, in any event, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get out there and have some. I've never had any on tap because when we were out there, we just started making it. You know, we got a bottle, which is an amazing bottle, but I'm looking forward to having some on tap too.
0: Absolutely. uh, Same. I've got a couple bottles left. I'm hoarding it. I probably should drink it before it goes bad. By the way, shout out to our guy Bumpa for the super chat. Always like the pod. Appreciate it, man. Especially getting the super chats on the off season. We know things cool down. Everybody's saving up for their uh, vacation money. So appreciate that. It really helps us keep bringing you great chiefs content. And and speaking of great chiefs content, I got to I got to talk to you about this this mock draft you had over at Sports Illustrated Vertram. Uh totally bananas. If you guys want to check this out and see what we're talking about, uh you can go to Sports Illustrated under the NFL section. Uh it's the 2023 NFL mock draft 9.0. 31 trades for 31 first round picks. And Vertram, you went through And you did a mock draft where every pick got traded. Yes, and um, and you you didn't just like you could have phoned this in and like just like yeah they uh, you know he oh uh, Houston traded up with blah 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 blah. You did the compensation and everything, so you said like I'll just give an example here: Houston Texans, uh, they trade up to get Bryce Young, Uh, and they the Panthers trade number one for, and you've got the whole breakdown here. How did you, can you just talk to us a little bit about the piece, how it kind of came together and how you how you did it? Because you used the trade value chart to- I did. Make sure that these trades were actually fair.
1: Yeah, so what I wanted to do was I went to my, my editor and said, listen, the mock drafts, like, you, you're you're bleeding from the eyes by the end of all this because everybody and yeah. their mother does when i said look let's ha- let's do something fun let's do something a little different although I, I don't claim to be the first one who's done this i know bill barnwell's done it a few times although to be honest i wasn't aware he'd done it but um somebody clued me in on that while i was working on it which barnwell is tremendous so i'm not surprised he came up with the idea my point is um i went through and i used the jimmy johnson trade value chart which if you're not familiar just google it um And I and I tried to make sure that all the values were either like extremely equal or like within a couple of points. And I only used draft picks from this year because you start using them from next year, it gets wonky. Uh, I didn't include players in the in the trades or anything like that. And so I really tried to make it like, why would this team trade up for this? Why would this team trade down for that? You know, so on and so forth. It was insane. At first, it was like pretty easy. But then you started getting down to the weeds of it, now you're like moving picks around. This team doesn't have a third round pick, so you got to compensate for this. And then it was it was nuts. It was really interesting, but nobody drafted in their original spot throughout, throughout the entire draft. Um, it was how did fun. you track it
0: all? Like, did you put it in a spreadsheet? And did you trade? Like, okay, so you know, um, if one team garners picks because of a trade they made did you add those picks to their cash and then they trade them later to move around so i i did not use a spreadsheet i just did it in a google doc um
1: and then i just kind of went through and then my my uh collection of editors over at si i'm sure wanted to just throw themselves out of windows they were trying to make sure all this was correct but yeah. um i did not use a spreadsheet. As far as going and using other draft capital, I didn't. I thought about that, but I figured that'd be almost impossible to explain to people. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like it would just been insane trying to make people understand what I was doing. Um, But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Look, it was different. It was something that, like, like I said, I'm not claiming to be the first one who's ever done it, but it was something that, like, I had never done. So it was it was enjoyable. I I know it's not been done a ton. it just, it just made – like, honestly, the idea was to kind of mock mock drafts, like just to make fun of the idea that, like, you know, oh, we're all going to be so accurate. Like, no, no, we're not. No, we're not. Like, let's <laughs> right. be honest. So let's, let's have some fun with it if we're not going to be accurate. Um, I always just hope when I do my mocks – I did two of them. I did that one for fun. I did my actual one a week back. I just want to be in the vicinity with the player. Like, I know that I'm not going to nail the 23rd overall pick. Like nobody's right. doing it unless you're just lucky and it just so happens to fall that way. But I want to try to give people an idea of like, this is the range of this guy. So it was fun. Um, and I, I enjoyed doing it. It took me uh, three or four days to do the whole thing, to put it all together, but it was, yeah. it was good. I'm I'm glad the way it came out, people seem to enjoy it. So it, it it was worth it in the end.
0: And I think Barnwell's was different than yours. Cause I read his as well. I don't think he actually said who they were going to take, and he didn't do the trades. He, he was just sort of like, where it's would they trade him? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 somewhat different. So yours, I think yours provide, and I love Bill, of course. He's tremendous. He's awesome. I think yours provides a little bit more depth and value for me. Um, so I wanted to talk, obviously, about what you had the Chiefs doing. So sure. you had the Chiefs moving from from 31 to 23. which is a similar move to what they did last year for McDuffie. Did they go to 21? They went from 29 to 21. They went to base spots. Yeah. So similar similar type move here. Um, And you have them selecting a wide receiver, and you went with Quentin Johnson, wide receiver out of TCU. uh, And the comp here was they traded up with the Vikings. So uh, the Vikings traded number 23 to the Chiefs for number 31, number 95, And number 134. So a very similar trade to what they did last year. Um, And here's what you wrote. The Chiefs desperately need a receiver, and Johnson is an ideal fit. With 10 picks available to him, general manager Brett Veach can send a third and fourth rounders to Minnesota, moving up eight spots to land Johnson. At 6'3", 208 pounds, the former Big 12 standout would give Patrick Mahomes a big physical target to go with speedster Kadarius Toney and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Kansas City would also have another fourth-round pick, despite the trade. So is this a move that you would like to see them make? And why did you specifically target this receiver as opposed to maybe one of the other receivers? So in my original mock that I did where I didn't have any trades and I just kind of did it straight
1: up, I had the Chiefs also taking a receiver. I had them taking, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. This draft, I ha- I didn't have Flowers even going in the first round because I think he's borderline. I had, I had Johnston going. My thought process is this. Johnston, to me, and, I, and in my original mock, I should add, Johnston went off the board well before a Chiefs Um, I think he, I think he could be a really, really undervalued player in this draft. Like Everybody's talking about, if you're going to look at the draft and you know this is a Buckeye fan, Jackson Smith and the Jigba is kind of the guy that everybody's like, well, he's probably the number one receiver, although it's a class. It's very deep in receivers. It's maybe not top-heavy. Quinton Johnston is a big guy. I mean, you're talking 6'4", 200 pounds. Uh, last year, you know, 60 catches, over 1,000 yards, six touchdowns for the second straight year. I just look at him, and he played on an offense with Max Duggan, a quarterback, who's a really good college quarterback, but not maybe like a guy who's going to translate in the NFL as a big passer. You know, he's kind of more of like in, in, a, in a dual threat mode. Um, I think he could really flourish in, in a in – a, Traditional passing attack. I think he's one of the rare guys who could be better in the pro game than he was in the college game statistically because I think he gets more opportunity. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the Chiefs make a move like this. Like they've got ten picks. Like they're not going to take ten guys and put them all on the active roster. I just I don't see that. So if you're the Chiefs and it costs you a third and a fourth to move up, like if I'm Kansas City, I can live with that. They have extra mid round picks. Um, and you could always recoup some of that, too. You could always trade back at some point later and you know, you get another pick. So I think for the Chiefs, look, receiver and tackle to me are their two biggest needs. You could argue edge. That's fine. I'll hear that. Um, And by the way, I would have taken a tackle if I felt like the tackle value was there for them in, in either one of my mocks. I just had the tackles going off the board before they got there. So yeah. um I think those are the two positions, but I love Johnston's combination of size and speed. Because for the record, not to blame for the point, um, he ran well. He's he can he can, he can uh, pick him up and put him down. If you look at his uh, NFL draft profile, he ran a four four nine at the TCU Pro Day. So yeah. like, to me, he's a like if you can run like that and you're six four 200 pounds there's something to work with there.
0: Yeah. And we know the chiefs, at least last year, sent, they seem to like bigger receivers, a little bit of height, a little bit of size. They wanted some blocking ability as well. So I thought this was a really interesting choice. And you mentioned Zay Flowers you had in your other mock. Um, and a lot of people were at Tom, our guy, Tom was asking about it in the chat. So Let's kind of talk a little bit about what happened yesterday because I thought it was kind of an interesting day for the Chiefs and I'm interested to hear your take on it. So yesterday was the the last day that teams could do visits with Correct. players before the draft. The Chiefs sent Zay Flowers to work out with Patrick Mahomes in Texas rather than having him come to Arrowhead. This is kind of a last-minute thing. Yep. Um, And meanwhile, they visited with... Offensive tackle, Broderick Jones. So why is why is this interesting? Well, one, it's really interesting that they went the route of having a receiver go and work out with Mahomes. That's a out of the norm thing, just sort of just in general. But the fact that they were talking to Broderick Jones, so Flowers is like the complete opposite of the guy that you mock to them. He's he's smaller, more of a slot guy, five, nine, hundred and eighty-two pounds. And I've seen him mocked as high as 13 to the jets. And then, you know, you just said, you think he could slide out of the first round completely. Yep. And then when you talk about, uh, Broderick Jones, he, he, uh, I'm sorry. I have seen, I've seen flowers mocked high and Jones high. And Jones is the one I saw mocked 13 to the jets. Okay. So Jones is an offensive tackle that a lot of people think that on NFL.com, he's ranked as the second, uh, offensive tackle. Out of all the tackles. So I know our guy, Matt Connor, he raised questions about this. He was like, what is going on here? The Chiefs smoke screening, because in some circles, both of these guys, people think they're going to be long gone before they would get to the 20s and the chiefs might have a shot. What is your take on this? Particularly the tackle is, is that, could they be planning a big move up here?
1: I don't know that. I just think, look, the draft's weird. Like, people forget every year this stuff happens in the draft. I remember the year that Chiefs took Juan Thornhill. People thought that he was going to be a late first round pick. This is going to be in the late part of the second round. Right. It happens. You know, and that's why I, I'll, every time I do a mock without fail, I get three or four tweets and people are like, You're an idiot. You forgot this guy. And I'm like, I didn't forget that guy. Like, there's only 31 spots in the first round this year. Like, and there's 40 guys you could put in the first round. It, it happens. And so, like, my point is, do I think Jay Flowers is worth the first round pick? Yeah. And like I said, actually, my first, my original mock, the mock where I, I really, I, you know, I didn't make any trades and I kind of did it more standard, I took him for the Chiefs at 31. That's why I picked. I don't, so to me, and I know people might look at that and go, well, how could you have Johnston in one mock because he's such a different build and he'd play outside? Because I think Andy Reid, with the way he constructs his offense, he just wants guys who have talent. He just wants guys who fit in? I mean, you mentioned they brought in bigger receivers last year, and you're right. They also brought in Sky Moore. Like, they, no. they, you know, first of all, you want the guys of different sizes. You don't want four guys We're all just bigger guys were slower, right? I mean, you want guys who kind of, you can mix and match, in other words. And I think for the Chiefs, you know, I, I don't I'm not privy to their board. I, I I can't get somebody to take a screenshot of it and, and their uh, offices at one hour head drive and send it to me. That would be nice if they would do that. I'd appreciate it. But you know, without knowing that, I think the reason they're working out all these different guys, even guys who are projected to be you know mid first round picks, you don't know how the board is going to fall. They remember last year they talked very openly about the fact, and I know for I, I know this is true. They had McDuffie rated really high. They didn't think there was any chance they were going to get near Trent McDuffie. Well, they yeah. they did. Um, sometimes that stuff happens. Now let let's just say, okay, let's just say, let's say they love. Well, I believe they also visited with Darnell Wright, who's a tackle out of Tennessee. Let's say that Darnell Wright that they think he's going to go between eleven and sixteen. Okay, they're not going to get up there to get him. But what if he falls to 21, 22, 23? At that point, if you're the Chiefs, you better have done your homework, right? Like, you better be aware of everything you need to be aware of. And so you're fine being overprepared for the – you're fine with that. That's the way that shakes. Fine. No problem. You don't want to be underprepared. You go, there's no way a guy could fall to us here. It's like the Falcons are – you know, they visited with C.J. Stroud. He's probably not getting there, but if he gets there – they better know what they think of C.J. Stroud. So I think for the Chiefs, it's due diligence, and I don't think it's any secret. If you look at their needs, it's receiver, it's tackle, it's edge. And I thought, and I know we're going to get into this, but Brett Veach talked today, he spoke to the media, and he mentioned, hey, look, we could go for a left tackle or a right tackle because Juwan Taylor is open to play on either side. That gives them a lot of flexibility. So um, I think they're just covering their bases, and they're doing what most good teams do. They're smart to do it.
0: So it could be a situation where they're like, hey, if this tackle just happens to fall into the 20s, right. we want to know because that's a guy. He he talked about it in his in his press conference today. He said, you know, they make their list and they know which guys they they know which range they would be comfortable moving up to. And then they know which what their board is and which guys they like enough to do that. And yeah. so I think you, you just pointed it out. McDuffie fell to the point where they were like, we got to go get this guy. Like he's within our, he's now moved within our range of comfortability, comfortability of moving up to that spot and giving up these assets. So we've got to do it. And and he also talked about how he calls people around the league and talks to these GMs well ahead of time and gets an idea. Okay, so he said, essentially, if we're thinking about, we might be comfortable moving up to 20. That's as high right. as we want to go. They're going to call everybody from 18 back and find out, Hey, what 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 is it? What, what would it take? What would you be interested? Would you be interested? So they've got it all down on paper because you don't want to be sitting there like you were with the Jimmy Johnson trade chart while you're on the clock trying to do the math to figure out what what's going to be what. Um, they've got it all figured out ahead of time. I, I think you're right. Um, I think it's interesting, though, that they sent Flowers to work out with Mahomes. Just that. Do you think that no it doubt. was just like, does it... Does it say anything though, or is it just like, hey, it's the last day? You know, this guy we like him, we think he'll probably be gone. Well, let's it be easier for him to go go work out with Pat. Let's we want to know what Pat thinks about this Listen, guy. I, I mean, Quentin
1: Johnson also was down there running routes for him. I mean, I think the reality is if you're the Chiefs and you can get a guy to go down there and work out with Mahomes, why not? M- Mahomes is really interesting in, in one regard beyond the obvious how great he is. Andy Reid talked about this the other day. He's really interested in personnel. And and we actually spoke to Mahomes during the Super Bowl press conference. I was down there at the, the, their hotel in, in Arizona. And Mahomes talked at length about how he really is interested in the personnel side of things. And he likes to know how things work. And he's always in Red Beach's ear and Andy Reid's ear about, you know, he wants to be informed. He wants to understand why things are happening. And that is a rare thing. Like most guys just want to show up and do the job, but they don't really care about that's so, you know it's a GM's job, it's a, you know, personnel director's job, the head coach's job. Mahomes cares about all that stuff. And I think for the Chiefs, they, you know, they have the luxury of they got a quarterback who's basically holding his own OTAs down in Texas. Yeah. It's like, hey man, would you mind throwing some balls to this guy and then telling us what you think? That's a huge advantage for the Chiefs. Yeah. So I think. Anybody who they're interested in on the offensive side of the ball, especially a guy who he's going to be throwing to potentially, you'd be insane not to throw him down there. I, yeah, I think they're interested in Flowers. I think they're interested in Johnston. Sure. Certainly some other receivers as well that maybe they couldn't get visits with. But yeah, they, you're not going to have a guy go down there and catch passes from Mahomes and you have no interest in him. I mean, there's just, there's no, because what if you have no interest in him and then you get a call from Mahomes that night? He's like, we need to draft this guy. Then what? then what do you do? So yeah. I, you know, I, yeah, I think they're definitely interested in those guys.
0: Oh, I was muted. Sorry. With a guy yeah. like flowers who is on the, on the smaller side at five, nine and one eighty two, do, do you have concerns about his size, particularly if, if you're talking about taking him in the first round? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: yeah, listen, you're lying to yourself if you don't have any concerns about a guy's size when he's that diminutive. You do. I mean, you'd be out of your mind not. To. Now that being said, Tyreek Hill wasn't the biggest guy in the world either, and that worked out okay. Um, and there are some guys who are who are specimens, or big, you know, height, weight, all of it, and they're hurt all the time. So, you know, Mike Williams is huge for the Chargers, a huge receiver. He's hurt all the time, but would I be concerned about it? Would I factor that in? Yeah, absolutely. Now, to be fair. I think you got to go and you got to look. And say, okay, well, Zay Flowers, how many games has he missed? You know, go back to high school, talk to people there. You know, did he miss time there? If he's never really been hurt, maybe you care about it less. But yeah, yeah I think you have to factor in a guy's size when you're when you're talking about. Do you think he can hold up to the course of a rookie deal, potentially a second deal? And if you're going to take a guy in the first round, you're thinking about can that guy play eight to ten years for you? I mean, that that's you know at least at least you know, six, where you're talking through a tag, you know, fit their option in a tag, and that guy lasts at least six years. And, you know, to the point of the draft chart, by the way, so for people who want to check it out, I'm going to drop the link into our, uh, our good buddy here, Richard, and if Richard would be so kind to tweet uh, that, to, uh, to put it out there, people can see exactly what all these pick values are worth. But, like, by using the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart, like the Chiefs first-round pick is worth 600 points, okay? For them to trade up it's going to be hard for them to get much higher than about 20th because 20th. Well, no, I'm sorry. They could trade up the 19th. If they traded, if they swap first and gave up a second. Now, would they be willing to do that? They'd be willing to give up a second. I don't, I don't know that they'd be willing to do that. I mean, that's, it's a high pick. Um, but they have two fourths. They have two sixths, They have two sevenths. So they've got some extra capital. Um, I could see the Chiefs moving up. I don't know that I think they're going to make a massive move up. I made them go up eight spots. I think that's about as high as they'd go, in my opinion. I don't think they'd go a lot higher than that. But, you know, listen, if they see some guy that they just absolutely are in love with and they want to get ahead of the Chargers at 21 or something, or the Ravens at 22, then, yeah, they'd have to probably give up their second or they'd have to give up some combination of, like, a third and – of one of their forts and maybe like a sixth or something. So they'd have to give up a significant haul to get much more up than about eight spots.
0: And they could be looking at this where, you know, just because there are 31 picks in the, in the round, doesn't mean the chiefs have a first round grade on 31 guys. So they could be sitting there and, you know, they're, they're looking at a guy and if he gets into the twenties and they're like, Hey man, we've got a first round grade on this guy and he's not going to be there. He'll be gone by the time they get to us. Do we want to take somebody we've got a second round grade on at the end of the first round or do we want to go get a first round, somebody we think is a first round talent? It makes all the sense in the world. I would not be surprised in the least, given the ammo that they have in the relatively good position their roster is in right now, as far as age goes, I, it, it makes all the sense in the world for them to move up. I, in fact, I might be pretty shocked if they don't. Um, all right, so... Uh, Before we talk, some more Chiefs. I got to let you guys know that we have got a merch store. It's open. Uh, So if you want to get swagged out, we've got you covered. It's the Arrowhead Attic merch store. It's live. It's revived. And you can visit it right now at the link in the description wherever you get this podcast. We've got everything from shirts to hoodies, beach towels, even a sweet pint glass you can drink your KC beer from during the draft. Uh, But hey, that's not all. We've got a super secret promo code. It's for this week's listeners only. You got to use the code WACKY, that's with two A's, like Arrowhead Attic, W-A-A-C-K-Y, and you'll get 10% off your order today. And make sure to use it fast because, again, it expires on Saturday. So rep the podcast, save a bit of money while you're at it. We truly appreciate it. And while you're at that, why don't you check out our friends over at Caesars? Use the code ArrowFool and you'll get your first Caesars bet up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars. That's ArrowFool A-R-R-O-W-F-U-L-L. Minimum $10 wager required. Must register with an eligible promo code New Customers Only21 Plus present in Kansas. If you have a gambling problem, call or text one 800 522 4700 in Kansas. You can see the full terms at Caesars.com/slash sportsbook dash and dash casino or in the description below. Let's talk about that Brett Veach presser, verteram. So, obviously, we, we know Ve- Veach has been on this show before, but he doesn't talk to the media a lot. Um, he comes out today for his, his draft press conference. They'll probably talk again after the draft is over, and then you probably won't hear from him for a while. Um, the one thing he noticed, he was, of course, asked about Patrick Mahomes' contract because Jalen Hurts got paid. Now he's the highest-paid NFL player in history. His yearly, you know, Mahomes in the yearly average is slipping down. Um, Andy Reid was asked about that uh, last week, I think. And he said, you know, hey, like Mahomes is a guy who he wanted. He wanted to do a team friendly deal. Uh, and also every time you sign a big deal, other guys sign big deals. You set the standard and then other guys exceed that standard. So Veach was asked, hey, you're going to rework Mahomes' contract. And he sort of alluded to that they might, that there's a couple other guys that need to get signed first. Joe Burrow. And Justin Herbert, I believe he mentioned specifically by name. Do you think the Chiefs will rework Mahomes contract after you know a year or so here? Once all these guys are getting big money?
1: They might. You know, I mean, as as Beach alluded to, they might. I think when they signed that deal, I'd have to go back and see what the cap was in 20, let's see, when they signed him, it was right after they won the Super Bowl. So it was the summer of 2020. I have to go back and look at what the cap was at that point, but I could see them like making it akin to whatever the percentage of the cap was at the time and just kind of like right. loading it up. But I got to tell you, and, and like, I don't want to speak for Patrick Holmes because I, I've interviewed him a handful of times. But I don't know the man. Um, he seems extremely comfortable with who he is and where his life is. And and I don't just mean like, as, you know, like a father or two and a husband. I mean, like, He's got investments. He's got a bunch of endorsements. Again, I'm not his financial advisor. I'm not looking at his his uh, you know life uh, P sheet here. But <laughs> I think he's doing okay. You know, between working with Oakley and State Farm and all these other companies that he's involved with, he's got a piece of the Royals. He's got all these things going on that I know he and his wife have invested in, in one of the soccer teams in, in Kansas yep. City. Like, I don't think that he's exactly hurting for money. And I got to tell you, if you're him, and it's easy for me to say this, you're set for life financially no matter what. Yep. Aren't you at this point all about legacy and just trying to chase down Brady as much as you possibly can? Because, like, look, do I think he's going to win seven Super Bowls? No, because I don't think anybody is going to win seven Super Bowls. But I got to tell you, like, he's 27 years old and he's got two. If they win again this year and they are favored to do it in every sports book in America, you'd have three at twenty-eight. Like, guess who else had three at twenty-eight? Brady. And Brady didn't win another one for almost a decade. Like, you know, people forget Brady went a decade without winning a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah.
1: So maybe if you're Mahomes, you just go, look, man, I I don't care. Like the one misnomer that's out there is you see the Hertz thing come down, right? The Hertz contract, and look, good for him. He deserves that money. He he played great last year. He's a guy who I think everybody thinks thinks of highly in in the NFL. He's a pros pro, lot of stuff. But let's also be real about this contract because I hate when when stuff gets put out there and it's like a half truth. Now, Hertz did get paid fifty one million per. The reality is, though. And Schefter tweeted out these cap hits. They're not very high cap hits, which is great for the Eagles. It also means that those cap hits at the end of the contract are going to be massive. And there's a very good chance he's not seeing those cap hits the way they are, unless he just plays out of his mind going forward, which if he does, he deserves them. Mahomes is going to see every bit of this contract, barring catastrophic injury. The man is locked up for like half a billion dollars. Nobody else is even getting half of that. So I think sometimes when you look, it's like, oh, he got 51 million a year. Yeah, and that's fine. But that's over a very finite amount of time. And he's probably not really going to get 51 million a year. Mahomes is literally going to get half a billion dollars and then get another contract after that. So to me, yeah, like Mahomes, they could rework it, whatever. And I'm not saying they won't, but. Mahomes is the highest paid player in the NFL. Whether or not he is on average is a whole nother conversation. He's, he's obviously not. But in reality, he's absolutely the highest paid player in the NFL because he's actually going to see that whole contract.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right, man. I mean, especially now, if he wanted to, he could pretty much go in there and demand any any kind of amount of money he wants. They just absolutely. won you a second Super Bowl. What, you a line with him? Right. <laughs> You know, what's what's the point? And I, I think these next few years in particular are really crucial for the Chiefs, because unlike Brady, Mahomes is not going to he's not going to have Andy Reid for his entire career like Brady no. had Belichick no. for the, the bulk of his. So, I mean, hell, this could be it for Andy this year. You know, he's getting up there the the, the, the retirement talk kind of crept in this year during the Super Bowl. Obviously, you win the Super Bowl. You're coming back. You're going to try to defend the title. But like, you could see a situation where they don't get it done this year. Or they lose in the AFC Championship game or something, and Reid's like, "Hey, man, I'm done." You know, it's it's he loves it, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. And then who knows who you're going to get? Um, they should be able to win with Patrick Mahomes, but it, it, you know, it's uh, coaching matters, and this is a great union that the Chiefs have. They need to take advantage of it. If Andy's going to go three more years. Try to win two more Super Bowls. You know, if you're Patrick Mahomes, well, you've got this genius play caller because then you're going to probably be playing for Matt Nagy. right? And who knows how that's going to work out?
1: By the way, I think it's so funny. He signed on July 6, 2020, for the record. And it's so funny. Like, if you look at the actual contract, like his cap it this year is $39.69 million. His base salary is $5.5 million. He has a $22.4 million roster bonus. Like, hey, if he makes the roster, he's going to get this bonus. And like right. and that continues throughout the like, – like in 2027, which is the massive year of the contract, $62 million cap it. Okay? It's been by far bigger than any other year. Uh, in fact, the only other years that are even in over 49 are the last two of the deal. So like that year, his roster bonus is $49.4 million. <laughs> Just, <laughs> They just loaded this whole thing. And the reason they did this contract, the way they did it, is because it gives them maximum amount of flexibility. So like that money, it doesn't go in there as like, hey, that's fully guaranteed because it's not fully guaranteed. He's got to earn, but like he knows he's making the team. So right. in reality, like it's the rolling guarantees, is what it's called in the NFL. Like so, so as he makes the team year in and year out, like that money becomes guaranteed because it's just it's contingent upon him being on the 53 man. That's why it's so funny to me when people are like, well, you know, he, his contract's really hurting. He's going to make like $50 million just to show up to OTAs in 2027. <laughs> like it, yeah. He's fine. I think sometimes we get, you know, you what happens is a deal happens. The agent tells somebody who's going to report it, right? I mean, that typically is how this goes down. And then the agent's going to give the, the most flowery presentation of that contract, and rightfully so. But it's just... It's just so funny to me like people are like, you know, Mahomes, he's underpaid. he he's underpaid in the sense that he's generational. I mean, he'd be underpaid if he was making sixty-five million a year. Like at some point you gotta just kind of find the number. The Chiefs are cutting him a check over the course of time for half a billion. I, I mean, it I get the underpaid thing. Like per year, yeah, he probably is. But overall, like Hertz could sign that deal that he just signed twice and he wouldn't make what Mahomes is making. So and by the way, Tungsten, I did see your rant. Uh, we were in the middle of the thing, but that was, that was very funny that you would quit your job to uh, see me in a podcast. I, I appreciate that. Listen, don't quit your job. Just watch after. But I appreciate the support. It's, uh, it's never-ending from you
0: guys. <laughs> um, so the next thing I wanted to ask you about the Brett Feech press conferences is Jarek McKinnon. He was asked, hey, what's, you know, what's the deal with McKinnon? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he essentially said that he thinks that um, McKinnon likes to take his time and see where he's at. Um, uh, you, you know, he says that they've talked, but Jarek likes to take his time, Both make sure he's ready both physically and, and mentally, and that they'll get to him after the draft. And he cited a similar right. timeline to last year. Do you think the Chiefs should bring him back? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I've written, and I've said a few times on Twitter, I think, and maybe even here. Um, I really believe offensively, you could, once, once they had replaced Brown with Taylor, you could make a really strong argument he's the most important free agent to have. And I, I actually would make the argument. Because I like Juju Smith-Schuster a lot. He was good for the Chiefs, and I think that they're going to have to figure out how to replace him a little bit. Don't get me wrong. But, like, Mahomes is going to fix a lot of that. They're going to spread the ball out. Like, Tony's going to step up. I mean, Tony last year was a bit player for most of the year for them because they would gotten a man. They had to integrate. Like, he'll play more. Sky Moore is going to play some some additional reps. I think they're fine there. I really do. Plus, they draft the receiver high, then you factor that in two. They have nobody on that roster who's blocking like McKinnon does. Nobody. I and and I don't think enough people make enough of how good of a blocker McKinnon has been over the course of his career. Like Pacheco's willing, but he doesn't have the best technique at this point. He tries, but he's not a great blocker. Edwards Alaire yeah. is not blocking anybody, it's not his strong suit. You need a guy in pass pro with Mahomes who can step up and take on a backer, take on a safety, and stone him. And McKinnon can do that. He's very good at it. I don't care if he catches one pass. That guy's worth his contract just for being the blocker that he is. So I do think he's very important for the Chiefs. Um, I think they they really need to bring him back. If they lose him, I think that's a real hit. I think that's a – literally, I think it's a bigger hit than them losing Juju.
0: Do you think that the delay is just that McKinnon wanted to test the market, see what he could get offered? He hasn't gotten an offer that is better than going back to Kansas City. Um, maybe he's sick about hanging him up. Like it was, uh, He had an injury last year, so that was probably part of the calculus as well. Um, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think he's got to come back uh, if the Chiefs can have him and they want him, which I think they probably do. So, it's, it makes all the sense in the world. And he hasn't gotten signed by anybody else at this point.
1: If you're McKinnon, like, why would you go anywhere else? I mean, you're not trying to get 25 carries a game, right? And you have a great niche with the Chiefs. You're blocking yeah. from Mahomes. You're winning nonstop. You had 10 touchdowns last year. I mean, I would have to think that's a hell of a lot of fun. Right? You're getting the ball, but you're not getting you know beaten into the turf by the way, last year they re-signed him on June 13th. So right. it took a while last year as well. I I think part of it, honestly, is the Chiefs probably know realistically, like, look, how many teams are going to go after Jarek McKinnon? You know, he's an older running back. He's the kind of guy who, like, if you're a bad team, what sense does it really make to sign him? It doesn't really help you. Like, if you're the Colts, you're going to run out and sign him so you can have three carries and, and block for Will Levis? I, I don't know. Right, Yeah but for a team like the chiefs he has a lot of value because he can step up and block and do all these different things i i think he like i said and i mean this i know juju had 900 yards and mckinnon is a more valuable player to me for the chiefs they they will figure out the receiving core they will figure that out i have full faith in that they need to have a guy who on third and seven when some team brings an all out blitz You got a running back who can step up and stone a linebacker and give him time to throw. Because let's face it, if Mahomes has three seconds to throw the ball, we could be running routes. Somebody he's going to hit somebody. Now we're running routes, probably going to drop the ball, but somebody is going to get open and get the ball, um, or he'll just run for it. So I think McKinnon coming back, yeah, I think it makes a heck of a lot of sense. I thought that uh, was—I was happy to hear Veach say that they're looking to bring him back. I think he's critical.
0: Last thing on Veach press conference, he was asked about the fifth year option that they would have to pick up for Ceh. Yes, he was sort of like, "Oh, we're gonna wait until after the draft was non-committal." There's, yeah. there's, that's not happening in a million years, right? There's a better chance that my option gets picked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah. look, and,
1: and I'm not trying to like, like dump on the guy or anything. It's just they have Pacheco. Pacheco's better than him. Like, what purpose is there? I mean, this you're gonna, you're going to pay a fifty-year option, which is going to be expensive for a back. That's not going to happen. I mean, it, Veach did what he had to do today, and he, and he basically, yeah, you know, professionally gave some courtesy. They're not they're not picking that option up. That would be insane. to Pick that option up. Yeah,
0: so this is it. He just he plays it out here, has a three million dollar cap hit this year, and and then hits the dusty trail.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't even be surprised to trade him post June 1. Honestly, they saved a couple million bucks. Hmm. I just, if you're the Chiefs, like, what reason is there? And, you know, look, there was, and sometimes this stuff gets overblown. Like, he didn't even go to the Super Bowl parade, he wasn't there. Like, I, yeah. you wonder for him, really, genuinely, as a person, like, is it maybe just better to trade him? Is just everybody gets a fresh start? He goes somewhere. If he goes somewhere and he's successful, good on him. But, I mean, maybe it's just one of those things, like you trade him, you save a couple million bucks, you get a you know, 6 round pick for him, you call it a day. It's a, yeah. Look, it's a bust. It was a bust of a pick. It happens. It's life. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's the way it goes sometimes. The Chiefs, you know, they made up for it later in that draft because they took Willie Gay and LeJarrius Sneed. But that first-round pick, yeah, it didn't work out the way they wanted to. He's a guy. He's not He's not going to be out of the league in two years. He'll, he'll stick around. He's got talent. But he's just hes not worth picking up the option.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, if you guys watching out there could do us a favor, hit that like button on YouTube. And if you want to become a part of the the Arrowhead Attic member community that we have, check out the link in the description. We've got a private Discord. We got a happy hour coming up next week, I believe it is, with our members. Very excited about that. Uh, we're building something pretty awesome here. Would love to get to know some of you guys. So check it out, uh, Virgarm. I just wanted to just run this one by you because I thought it was really funny. You know, we're working here and publishing. I don't know how much they're talking about all the AI stuff over it. Sports Illustrated, but I've been playing around with it uh, for work here, and we did a fun little thing last week where we had the AI compare Chiefs—I was like Chiefs players to Star Wars characters—and we had some fun with that. So I was, I was thinking, what could it be used for as far as content? And I know a lot this time of year we like to do redrafts. So I asked Chat GPT to redraft the 2017 Chiefs draft, and I just wanted to get your reaction to who. The, the AI had the Chiefs take instead of who they actually took. So guys that would have been available yep. when they picked. Round one, no surprise here, Patrick Mahomes. They kept him. Just Round draft. two, l- l- listen to this. This is the draft the Chiefs could have had. Round two, Alvin Kamara. Round three, Chris Godwin. Round four, George Kittle. Round five, Desmond King. Round six, Xavier Woods.
1: That would have been pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: I would have, that, that'd have played. I've done some of these before, you know, like myself just looking at who they could have taken. And, like, you could pick a couple pieces here and there. That, but that would have been an all-time draft. Absolutely now, incredible. Listen, it would have been. Now, remind
1: me, that would they did draft Kareem Hunt that year, right? They did take Kareem Hunt, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, that that went south for, for reasons off the field. But on the field, that was a great pick. Um I'll say this though, when you draft Patrick Mahomes, like you could, and remind, remember, it was John Dorsey who took him. John Dorsey could have literally said Patrick Mahomes and then said, you know what, guys, I'm done for the rest of the draft and gone home. And it still would have been one of the greatest drafts of all the time. Right. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Know, but, the, the, but yeah, Kamara, Godwin, and, and Kittle, that would have been okay too. That would have been funny. Can you yeah. imagine Kittle and Kelsey in a two tight end set?
0: Oh my God. I, you it's like? just, <laughs> just a reminder for what that draft actually was. You, obviously, you had Mahomes. Second round, they took uh, Passanio. You know. Third Shit. round, Kareem Hunt. That was a good pick. Yep. Fourth round, J.U. Chesson.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: um, fifth round, Ukeme Iljewe. I can't even pronounce the name. Don't Demi even remember. Linebacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, yeah, sixth yeah, round, the Leon McQuay. <laughs> <Safety. laughs> Mahomes did a
1: lot of lifting for that draft.
0: Yeah, out of USC. So I mean, yeah, it's um pretty uh pretty wild that what the what the old uh yeah it, it it they actually the the AI actually described it. It said round two, pick fifty nine, Alvin Kamara, running back. The Chiefs originally selected Tano Passanio, defensive end. Alvin Kamara, originally drafted by the New Orleans Saints, has become one of the most versatile and dynamic running backs in the NFL. He would have been a major weapon, and can you imagine the Chiefs' offense in twenty eighteen? with Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, Chris Godwin, and George Kittle.
1: Would have been okay. That would, that would have played. <laughs> I mean, um, you know,
0: they, they were had, already torched the league.
1: Now, now, recently, Veach has been just on an all-time heater in the draft. But, you know, if you go back and look, they've had some drafts, even not that long ago. Like, their 2018 draft is just – Breland speaks. Naughty, who no. – listen, for a third-round pick, Naughty's a good player. I mean, I know he's not like overwhelming, but for a third-round pick, he's been good. Dorian O'Daniel, Armani Watts, Traymon Smith, and Khalil McKenzie. I mean, that's that hurts. And then yeah. you go back, and so that was Veach's first draft. Now, the second draft, they got Hardman and Thornhill and Saunders and Fenton, which none of those guys ended up in a second deal with the Chiefs. Although I would argue, listen, a lot, those guys played a big role and then went to Super Bowls.
0: So, like, those are solid picks. You can't those miss are solid picks. It.
1: And they didn't yeah. have their first-round pick because they got Frank Clark. So. They also got Nick Allegretti in the seventh round. Like, Nick Allegretti for a seventh round pick's been great. Yep. You go to 2020, CH, then they had Gay, Niang, Sneed, Michael Dana. Like, not bad. That's that's a solid, that's a, even with Edward Toler. And then yeah. the last two drafts, we all know, Look, like you have Bolton, Humphrey, and Smith, and Noah Gray in the one draft, then last all the guys you had. But it's funny, like, if you go back and look, so one of the underrated drafts they had, 2015, Marcus Peters, Mitch Morris, Chris Connolly, Stephen Nelson, four picks in a row. Like, yeah. not bad. And then they had Nunez, Rochez. But never forget, like, they had some drafts. <laughs> you go back and look, It's just, like, 2013. That Now, this draft is saved by the first two picks. Eric Fisher, number one, which I know people are, like, number one overall, Eric Fisher, he was the right pick. It was him or Luke Jokel. that took Eric Fisher. Didn't have a second round pick because they they traded that away for Alex Smith. Third round pick was some guy named Travis Kelsey. That worked out all right. Yeah. After that, Nile Davis, Nico Johnson, Sanders Cummings, Eric Cush, Braden Wilson, Mike Catapano. <laughs> just, just a, a yeah. casserole of nonsense.
0: Um, that was a terrible draft, by the way. Though, oh, like, all oh, around, oh, it was, it was really one of bad. the worst ever. Yeah.
1: And then, 20, um, and lastly, and we'll move on. But 2014, they had D Ford in the first round. Then you didn't have a second-round pick, which so y'all straight after Alex Smith. Philip Gaines, De'Anthony Thomas, Aaron Murray. But then, in the sixth round, like, actually, like, Zach Fulton and Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Like, pretty damn good in the sixth round. But otherwise, look, I don't know that Philip Gaines quite earned the uh, third-round pick. I don't know that we could quite go there. Um, but, yeah, it's...
0: You know... The, the Sanders, the Sanders Cummings pick. Do you know what's funny about that? Do you know what Sanders Cummings is doing now? Oh
1: God, I have no idea.
0: If you Google Sanders Cummings and you go to his Wikipedia page, Sanders Cummings is an American professional baseball outfielder <laughs> and former. Profe- He's he actually after he got after he no didn't idea. work out in football, uh, he trained and uh, he attempted a return to baseball, which was a sport that he had played. Uh, but he hadn't done it since high school and he got a minor league deal with the Atlanta Braves oh. and got a hundred thousand dollar signing bonus. And uh, after a brief stint with the Danville Braves of the Appalachian league, he was released on July 3rd. So this was in 2017. So, you know, that, that was so bad that the guy that they drafted in the fifth round ended up playing professional baseball. So that tells you how that was. Yeah.
1: Went. It's not good.
0: It's not good. <laughs> and, and by the way, uh,
1: I've seen a lot of people ask like, if I'm going to the draft. Not. I will be at the draft. I'm not, I I I will be just in Kansas City. I'm not going to the actual draft itself. My dad is retiring on Tuesday. And so oh, wow. nice. he wants to go to Kansas City and go hang out. And, and I'm going to have my laptop with me because I've got to I've got to do some work for SI during the draft. But I am just going to be like at a pub or a bar or something, just hanging out, working from there with the old man. Um, so if anybody wants to stop by, say hi, whatever, uh, feel free to do it. Um, you want to, if you're interested, you can always reach out to me on Twitter or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll be in Kansas city Thursday afternoon to like Saturday morning. And if you can't find me and you're looking for me, there's a really good chance I'm somewhere in in this knee deep in a a thing of barbecue. So, um, I would, I would check around those establishments.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh Sterling and I will be out at the draft on Thursday night uh covering it and then we'll probably go out somewhere afterwards. I, we I know we will. But we might go somewhere before too. Probably, maybe KC beer, but we'll have to try to meet up with you Vernon and maybe yeah. well, some of yeah. our uh some of our members here. Sterling and shout out to out all of in
1: Chicago in like 2 weeks.
0: Yeah, are you guys are you going, going to, to the, the Blink concert, 182
1: right? concert in Chicago? My my wife, myself and Sterling going out there.
0: That's right. Yeah, you guys will uh you guys will have a good time. I saw Blink 182 with Green Day. Years ago, they went on tour. That was a great uh, double bill. Tour. I didn't go to buy a Hollywood. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. Um, all right, Verduram, what, what do you what do you got going? It's starting to get warm out. It's how are the day. How are the kids? How's the family? What's What's happening over over there in uh, Verteram Land? Kids are
1: good. Maisie is wrapping up uh,
0: her preschool or last
1: uh, year, pre K or, or last year only year pre K. Um, wrapping that up here in about a month, so she's five and a half, which is scaring me. Um, Genevieve turned one on April 2nd, so she's rolling a lot, she's about ready to start walking, and I can tell she's going to talk a lot. So, um, how's only going to get louder? But, uh, it's good, man. It's good. We got the draft coming up. I've got a piece coming out tomorrow at SI where I detail five sleepers, um, in the draft that I that I have kept my eye on, and then I've got a ton of pieces coming up. Although, actually, I will say. I'm really happy about one that's coming out the day before the draft. I did a 40-year retrospective on the 1983 NFL draft, the famous draft where the Chiefs took Todd Blackledge. They could have took Dan Marino. Um, I talked to a ton of people for this thing, and it's going to be a, a big feature on SI.com. I think people will really enjoy it. It's like 3,000 words. Um, so it's, it's long, but it's not crazy long. Uh, bunch of voices in there. I talked to Tony Dungy. Talked to Bruce Matthews, who was in that draft. Um Talked to Lee Steinberg, who rep two of the quarterbacks in there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, that goes up on Wednesday, and then during the draft, of course, I'll have all kinds of stuff. You know, grades and re- you know, reaction, analysis, you name it. It all be there uh, before a whole summer's worth of, of content. So, um, go ahead, check that out. Make sure to go to SI.com. Go to go to FanSite read read both sites, and uh, you know, hopefully, you'll have your draft fill at, at uh, that point.
0: You know, I'm surprised you didn't talk to me about that piece, uh, for that piece. I was born in 1983, just about three weeks after that draft took place. Um, (laughs) you know, I was traumatized. My trauma started immediately with the Chiefs and and Todd Blackledge. So, um, awesome, man. Make sure you guys check out Matt's work over at SI.com. He's got pieces coming out every day or so. Uh, great stuff. I'm reading all of it. It's fantastic. Um, I, I know. I enjoy reading it now because I don't. I, I know I'm not going to get in any trouble if you say something stupid in the column. No, no worry. No skin off my back. I have to worry. We have a whole
1: editing team to make sure it doesn't happen. <laughs> that's <laughs> so we're, we're right. We're that's straight.
0: right. That's right. That's um, right. Thanks so much for coming, Matt. We'll get you. Uh, hopefully, we can get you on again soon. It's always awesome to sure. talk Chiefs with you and catch up. And I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be able to get you on sometime after to get your reaction on not only who the Chiefs take. But those undrafted free agents, that stuff matters. And then there's kind of like a little mini second wave of free agency where, okay, teams know what they got and what they don't, and then they sign some of those Jarek McKinnon types that are still floating around out there. And there's some interesting names still uh, uh, available. For, uh, Frank Clark's still out there. So, That's right. I mean it's yeah. a
1: guy like him. Uh, and, listen, and we can also you – know, I'm sure we'll catch up after the draft. We can also talk about the Raiders and who they took oh. and whose career is about to get rolling. So yeah. we can yeah. you know, catch up. By, like when they show – Whoever the, you know, the Raiders are picking, I think it was seventh. So, like, when they show the guy in the green room, normally the guy jumps up, you know, he's hugging mom, hugging dad, high-fiving the agent, hugging the girlfriend, you know, whatever. When they show the guy who gets drafted by the Raiders this year, he's just sobbing face down on the table, and they're trying to, like, <laughs> console him to get him to go up to this stage. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Because if you look at the Raiders in reaching the first round, it's unbelievable. Like yeah. they they literally so Alex Leatherwood played what a year for them? Yeah. Damon Arnett had actually had a like a day and a half cup of coffee worth of the Chiefs. He was gone. Obviously, Henry Ruggs, the tragedy involving w- with him. Uh Cleveland Farrell, just a disaster of a pick. Jonathan Abram, a dis- like, The only guy who worked out was Josh Jacobs, and they declined to fit year option. So like it's like whoever yep. the Raiders pick. I feel like people, like NFL officials, are going to have to be. Come on, man! You got to go up there. You got to hug Goodell. They're going to they're going to bring him out there. He's going like, to tearfully put the hat on. Just, just, like, Goodell, you're going to be able to read his. Like, I'm so sorry. You know, shake his hand. I mean, I think that's yeah. that's where we're headed for this. As by I'd the way, sur- in Kansas City, the guys unmercifully booed.
2: Um, yeah, I wouldn't
0: yeah. be surprised if uh, guys just don't answer the phone when the Raiders call to pick him. <laughs> you know, like you just, they cut to, they cut to somebody chucks his phone into the, into a, New number who is? yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, that's, uh, just refuse to report. Um, you got to look out for your career. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We will see you next week with our regular slate of shows, by the way, shout out to KCDC for the, the super chat. Appreciate you hit that like button on your way out. We'll have the regular slate of shows next week, um, on Tuesday and Wednesday on Thursday, We'll let you know we're not going to have the regular show time because it will be about time for the draft. But sometime early afternoon, Sterling and I are going to be in person. It will be the first time Sterling and I have done the show in person since we did our live event at Tanner. So that's going to be fun. We'll have a show for you sometime Thursday morning or early afternoon to get you ready for the draft. And then we'll have some coverage from the draft. But until then, for our guest, Matt Verteram, for Producer Richard, my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you next week. But until then, as always, go Chiefs.